When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. Hey. Hey. What'd you think? About what? Did, did you get my text? Oh. Welcome to another episode of Did You Get My Text? I'm Pat Oswald. I'm Meredith Salinger. Thank you so much for joining us yet again in a wonderful melding of we and you and us and them and everything as we go over our texts and the week. Meredith. Patton. What do you want to talk about? Listen, I sent you a list. Oh, yeah. The most odd list, and I'm sure you were wondering, what the hell is this? It's very cryptic. So the other day, I got a text message from one of my best friends who is currently living in Germany. Mm -hmm. And she told me that she uh, is helping take in refugees from Ukraine. Wow. And she has a nice mother and her 10-year-old son living with her right now. Wow. My friend has, I think, a two-bedroom apartment. She has Mm -hmm. three boys. And she... Uh, the three boys share a room, and now this other little boy from Ukraine is now sharing a room with them. And how old's the boy? Ten years old. Sort of in the same age range as her son. Yeah, her sons oh. are the same approximate age, and they're taking him to their school. But the thing wow. is, this little Ukrainian boy doesn't speak German. He hard, he hardly speaks any English. His oh, mom man. hardly speaks any English. They're from Ukraine, and she's had them for a month. But when she first took them in, she emailed a group of us, her best friends, to let us know what was going on in her life. And she sent me a list saying, I've been asked by this Ukrainian mother to, when she went to pick them up at the border mm-hmm. of Ukraine, she was said, would you please get these things so I can give them to my husband while he's here fighting and we'll stay with you in Germany. So her husband has remained in Ukraine to fight the invading Russian forces. That is correct. So she got a list, a shopping list. Okay. And this is the list that I sent you that I wonder if you what you were thinking when I sent this to you. Mm. Number one, body armor. Hmm. Uh, six class ceramics or body armor, USG, all of six class. Unloading vest, Tasmanian Tiger chest, RIG, MK2, M4, MC. Hang Men- on. Did you say unloading vest? Unloading vest. What is an unloading vest? I don't know, but it's a Tasmanian Tiger chest, RIG, rig, MIC2. Then she needed a men's durable Gore-Tex multipurpose boot. 
Mm. Uh, she needed a Kevlar helmet, mm -hmm. German style, shoe berth standard. What did, what did she mean? What is German style? Like Nazi style? Or I don't know. Kaiser Wilhelm style with then, a big spike on the top? Then the, here's more. Electronic binoculars with camera and camera, camera, I can't read the next part. A-C-E-H-E-F-S-6, whatever, right. that. A closed collimator sight with mounting bracket for an AK-74. Is that a thing? I apparently. Or do you think it was dyslexic and it was AK-47? Could be. Or maybe they've up. Maybe they've uh, upped the power. Who knows? And knee pads and elbow military pixel, whatever mm -hmm. that means. And 50 Amazon gift cards. <laughs> 50 Amazon gift cards. <laughs> and uh, could we help the... Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, so... And there's a Nigerian prince that needs I to... I was literally just going to say that. Move some money. So she sent me this and I was like, how are you going to get these things? Mm-hmm. How are you going to get – you're a regular – just a regular woman living in Germany with yeah. three kids who go to school. If she was living in America, she can go to Walmart. You know what, Patton? That's not I know. untrue. Yeah, that is was, true. A, it was an easy joke, and also it's true. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's sad it's and it's funny because it's true. <laughs> but, but let's talk about this for a second. I wanted yeah. to talk to you about this. She took – listen, it's a time of war. People are helping each other. Yeah. And – there are so many refugees. There are millions and millions of them. Yeah. And where are they all going to go? And so this woman has been staying with my friend for a month now. Mm -hmm. And she doesn't. She came with the clothes on her back. God. So my friend is giving her clothes and food and making every meal and doing all this stuff. And I was like, how long will she stay with you? And she's like, well, she has nowhere to go. I can't tell her to leave. And my friend lives in a two-bedroom apartment. With her well, three boys off, that are crazy. Your friend is extraordinary. Yes, she is. But there are a lot of friends who are also doing this. Yeah. I, I have another friend who's at the Polish border. Every single day they're staying in like barracks, cooking and helping get the refugees into Poland. It's just yeah. the amount of outpouring of love and care from so many people. But ultimately, where are they going to go? They have to rebuild their whole lives yeah, I, I don't know, and it, it's it's weird. It feels like we're a, we're we're on the cusp of entering um, like a refugee era, where where whether or not you're displaced by war or climate chaos, it just feels well, like that's another one. Yeah, but it feels like everyone's going to end up on the run for something, and uh, I don't know how you spread out the resources and the help. I mean, it's great that we're helping the Ukrainians. It would have been nice if we had done the same. When, when this kind of stuff was going down in Rwanda and Syria everywhere. and Palestine, everywhere. Everybody needs help. Um, but if, if everything's about to be displaced, then I don't know what that's going to do to the, the world because you, you want to be – obviously from there, – there are people that are – it's all about status for them. And they're like, I want to be the one helping. I don't want to be the one needing help. You never want to be the one needing help. It's terrifying. But it's never up to you, is it? Because you don't know where you don't. No one in Ukraine thought that Russia was going to invade. This was not on their. Well, no one thought that was going to. Even though they, they were, did for signs for the last five years at least, they yeah. thought yes, it's coming. But um, we we don't know what's going to happen to the climate in five years. We may be on the run. We live in oh, Southern California, for God's sake. Of sakes. course, the, yeah. The you know anyone on the on the coast is going to yeah. have some issues in a, in ten to something years, like really bad. Yeah. And by the way, the day that we're recording this, we were talking about this on the way here. Every day in Los Angeles, I'd say the past two weeks, have been the most dramatic 
temperature shifts. We're not having a heat wave. We're not having a cold snap. We're having a weather roulette wheel. We do not know what the weather will be it every day. It was 110 degrees. It was 103 degrees the other day. Today is cold. It's 60. Cold and windy. It, it keeps going up. 160. 160. Yeah. That, that can't. I'm, I'm sorry, but that's not good. I don't know. That's not I'm normal. not a climatologist. Uh, I don't. But uh, that's those shifts every day are probably not good. No. It's also probably not good in terms of signaling certain pollinating insects, certain blooming flowers. Of that, course. Hey, it's nice and sunny. Let's open up. Next day, freeze. Everything's dead. Well, right. It's the orange crops. It's all the, everything. Yeah. Everything gets destroyed, and everyone is at risk, and... Um, I mean, it's it's a weird. Um, I don't know. It, it feels like we're on that. We were we were driving out to go to dinner the other night, and there was some. This is I. I didn't really articulate this because it was so much dread. But we were driving out. It was sunset, and oh, the news was all about possible nuclear strike, climate chaos. It felt like the mid-80s again when we were all living under this pall of Cold mutual war. assured destruction. Yeah. And it felt so bleak and weird. And it also, it felt so futile that friends are getting together to go get dinner. And this will be one of these weird memories that we're all going to have while we're pawing through the rubble looking for canned food. It just, I've, I, I had this weird sense of dread driving into a beautiful sunset, which I had, didn't think I would feel again. Uh, yes, I understand that. There's also that bummer. whole, it sort of then leads you to the doomsday prep stuff. Like if there's some sort of climate chaos or yeah. how are you going to take the food with you or there's so many things. But I often am fascinated by the doomsday preppers, I have to say. And the other day I was watching, I, I made friends with this super cute girl. She's one of the most famous plus size, plus size models. She's so cute. Mm -hmm. Her name's Tess Holiday, And we were chatting and. Where did you meet Tess? Um, my friend Retta had a birthday party, oh. and it was, you know, how Puff Daddy has his big white party, and everyone oh, has to wear white. Yeah, yeah. Retta always has her party. Her It's a pink party. Oh. Pink is her favorite color. Pink is my favorite color. So for us, it's like well, heaven. Perfect, yeah. Everyone's wearing pink. It's your Christmas. It's my Christmas. Um, <laughs> even Retta's Christmas tree is pink, by the way. Wow. <laughs> One of them. Mm -hmm. um, but we had the best time. Anyway, met this girl, and... Uh, we became friends, and then I was sort of like scrolling through her Instagram, and she just posted something about this candy she was eating. It, they were Skittles, mm -hmm. but they were freeze-dried Skittles. So I think they're called Frittles? Frittles. Frittles? <laughs> I don't know. Whatever it was, I was like – she made them look so delicious. Of course, right. I went online because yeah. anytime I see anyone eat anything – Manchurian candidate. I have to try it. Yeah. So I went online. I looked up these freeze-dried Skittles, bought them – and then I was like, oh, freeze-dried Starburst. That looks good, too. So I bought those, too. And then I was just looking at all the freeze-dried food and thinking, you know, some of this stuff looks good. Like, we should prepare. <laughs> we should have yeah. I just know that if we get candy, I'll eat the whole thing. Yeah, we're gonna, th those Skittles will not be in the uh, uh, post-apocalyptic bunker when we get to it. You know, you might need some treats every now and then. You can't just eat, you know, freeze-dried tuna every day. That is true. you got to treat Can yourself. Can you eat freeze-dried tuna? Yeah. You can eat freeze dried anything, I suppose. I mean, isn't it just yeah. lasts forever? Boy, what a whipsaw this conversation's been. We've been <laughs> thrown. We went from Ukrainian refugees to Skittles. 
climate <laughs> chaos to like a decadent pink party to how much candy do we put in our bunker? Um, look, you got to cover all the bases. Well, that's the question I have for doomsday people. Do you guys have treats in your bunker? They must because I, I would think that's part of the psychological um, preparation. You got to have days where there's like a, a bit of festive festivity or fun or you feel like you're – you know, slaking a craving. Otherwise, you'd go crazy, wouldn't you? I mean, if you're just living for survival, right? does anything matter? Like, does any joy at all matter? If if, if you're at the point where you don't even taste your food anymore, it's like, I just, it's protein, it's carbs, survive. it's potassium, I mean, that's do you it. think the people on The Walking Dead are sitting there eating a Mars bar? No, but there's a there's that great scene where they get to that lab and for the first time, because this... That big bio lab that they break into actually has hot showers, and they have not had a hot shower in like in the like they they're in in ecstasy. They can't believe oh hot water on my skin. That sounds amazing. That's how yeah. I feel after a day in an ice cold ocean, and you're covered in sand and salt water, and you're exactly. like I need a shower. Oh, this is amazing. Yeah, so that kind of you know. Um, it's weird that, that uh, it, it's not good that we're living in a world where uh, 10 years ago, doomsday preppers were these kooky um, fringe people. And now we're like, and now it's you. I, I think, well, not only is it me, but it's, uh, I think a lot of population like, I think I need to rewatch those doomsday prepper shows. Like maybe there's kind of, like, gotta... I think there needs to be, and I'm sure there probably is like a person who has the job of like, you call them up and you're like, hi, could you send over the doomsday person to just get me ready like you know how you have people organize your closet oh i'm sure that so you just call oh the doomsday God. line and they come There's... over and they like stock you with your doomsday they're like what do you want in your doomsday do you want do you want any treats do, what do you what would you like and they like do a little package for you and they set you all up i am going to look i'm going to look up to see if that's a service and you know what are you going to do it i might actually hire someone i feel someone. like you've already done it well but i here's what i want to do i what i would love to do is cuz cuz of all the go bags i put together which i'm going to go back through again cuz they're way too heavy but it would be great now that i've done it get an expert to come in like that scene in platoon when uh, Willem Dafoe is like, lose this, don't need this. Like, yeah. first timer, I'll carry this for you. You don't need any of this. So I need that guy to come in and or or woman and walk through what I've done and go, yeah, this is stupid. Don't have this. Don't yeah. have – are, really, are you really going to build a tent? No. <laughs> then don't have a little mini tent. You don't need right. it. George Clooney did a movie where he travels a lot. Mm -hmm. I don't remember what it was called. But, um, up in the air. Up in the air. And he's like a perfect traveler. He just is so perfectly traveled. So he packs. There's nothing I would love more than someone to like say, this is all you need in your carry-on. This, this That's is me because I'm on the road every weekend. I know exactly how to pack. It's just the one yeah, but rolling dude, suitcase. You're just a comedian. You just wear tennis shoes, the same pair of jeans, and different tops. I know, I know how to so do it. So you're a boy. But like for the girl, it's like you need the high heels for this event and you need – Flip-flops if you go to the beach and you need tennis shoes. You know what I'm saying. Anyway, that's my ridiculous packing list. I wish I, I knew a better way to pack. Patton, if I could be as easygoing as you, I would really like that. But guess what? We can nope. We can come back and talk about more things we'll right after right the break. We'll be right back. Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. 
Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. This episode is brought to you by Reese's Peanut Butter Cups. In breaking news, leading scientists worldwide are conducting experiments to determine if Reese's Peanut Butter Cups are the perfect combination of peanut butter and chocolate. However, it appears the study was inconclusive, as the scientists couldn't help but eat all the Reese's. Because when you want something sweet, you can't do better than Reese's. Find Reese's now at a store near you. Hey, we're back! So much has happened <laughs> since our last break. God, nothing's happened. So, All right. much, so much has been going on. You guys don't even know. But well, we're going to tell and, you. And you know who else doesn't know? Us. Um, <laughs> we uh, went out to dinner last week, uh, and we went to this place called uh, Shishwan Impression. There is a location in – we went to the Santa Monica location. There are also locations in Alhambra and, as it turns out, Tustin, where I lived briefly as a boy. Um, I don't think Shishwan Impression uh, was there uh, when I lived there. Um, this is one of those places – it really brought me back to – my years in San Francisco, uh, late night going to a place called Yutli, which was an open late night, great place to go in when you've been doing sets and you're a little drunk and you need to uh, get sober for the next day. Mm-hmm. The the staff and cooks uh, understood your need and packed extra oil and grease and everything that they gave you to absorb all that evil uh, devil alcohol. And the food was always amazing. Now, the thing – the reason I'm bringing this up is because the food at this restaurant was incredible and the the ratings on Yelp on Google are through the roof everyone loves this place um, it is also an authentic it's not it's not authentic Chinese it is authentic Sichuan I know I'm mispronouncing that um, but it's from a very um, San Francisco there's no there are no Chinese restaurants there are northern Hunan Burmese they're, they're all very specific locales very specific cuisines this place very specific very amazing food now everything that we ordered was incredible the fried rice was incredible the dumplings were incredible the um fish pot the uh shrimps the chicken all incredible but just like yutli there are sections of this menu that were so exotic and so weird um and i am now I have a little bit of uh, Anthony Bourdain guilt because Bourdain was always about when you go to someplace amazing and they have something crazy on the menu, they've put it on the menu for a reason. They're they're going, we have made this amazing, get it. And we didn't get anything exotic. But we first sat down to the restaurant and we looked at the menu. We gave each other – we were with two other couples and mm-hmm. we gave each other the eyes like, oh boy. Because oh, what have we done? It was, a, it was the menu but it was like the kidney section. There's a kidney section. The intestine section. A frog section. Uh, there was – what were some of the other sections, baby? There, there were so crazy. Well, there was some – I mean there was also – there was rabbit. There was lamb. That's not that crazy. But every um, place, everything had 
variations of craziness. But, and here, I didn't even see, honestly, I didn't see that there was a chicken section or anything like that. There was just like the kidney and the liver and the... Oh, there the, was a chicken right, section. Right, but I said to the lady, I, I looked at the menu and we all kind of were like, ooh, what have we gotten ourselves into here? <laughs> and I was like, what is your favorite thing on the menu? Right. Now, the reason that... that okay, interesting you bring that up because I, um, since eating there, have gone down... Yelp and Google review rabbit holes about what other people's favorite things are on the menu to get. And here are the things that we passed on that I chickened out on. I totally chickened. I, Did if, we even order them? No. No. We oh, didn't okay. order anything exotic. We took no risks. And this goes back to when I was in Melbourne. I went down – Kristen Shaw and I went for dinner down the laneways one night uh, to a the – I talked to some local and he said, this – there's this – Asian restaurant down the laneways. It's amazing. And it's one of those crazy huge menus. But everything on the menu is amazing, no matter how weird you get it. And they had alligator on the menu. So we ordered <gasps> oh, man. alligator and we also ordered chicken just to be safe. Like if we don't like the alligator, we'll get the chicken. The chicken was so bad. You could tell they didn't care. They're like, who cares? And the alligator was the most succulent. Ew. It was, it was so delicious. Wait, I was in Africa I, I did a safari through Kenya mm -hmm. with my family when I was younger, and um, we went to a restaurant there called The Carnivore, mm -hmm. and they had everything there. They would, like, come to your table with, like, zebra right, and slice it right there, or ostrich, mm -hmm. and slice it right there, and then they had crocodile or mm -hmm. alligator. I don't know which one it was, mm -hmm. and it was so gross. It was so chewy, and there was nothing there. It was, like, just gelatinous white. Well, the, yeah, the, it, it was very white, um, but the way they cooked it, it was I don't know what. clear. It was, like, clear. I don't know what this restaurant did to it, but it was delicious. So, really? but, and But we didn't, and here are some of the things from this menu that actually got really stellar reviews on all these reviews that I read that, that we didn't get. Uh, the cold kidney in pepper oil appetizer. Ugh. Kidneys? From cold. where? From whom? I don't know what what animal they're from. I assume that they're from like a cow or a... You don't know. Could have been knows? a frog. Do Could have been a frog. Kidneys? Could have been a human. Um, <laughs> but I would imagine frogs' kidneys have got to be tiny because yeah, well, a frog delicacy. itself is as big as a normal kidney. Which how do you how do you eat frog kidneys? They look like they would look like skittles, basically. Well, right. They could be little delicacies. Another uh, appetizer we did not get: the intestine noodle. Noodles with intestines. Noodles with intestines. Yes. Well, noodles don't have intestines. They cook noodles with intestines. Throw it all together in a pot and hmm. make magic. Hey, we didn't get it. Uh, the sweet pea intestine soup. We sweet did not get pea intestine soup. Yes, they take sweet peas from Popeye's intestines out and make soup from them. No, they don't. <laughs> that was a no, terrible joke. And then, and I almost was going to get one of these. Uh, I but the big mouth ginger frog, and they also had a frog, a dry frog pot. Um, the only time I've ever had frogs, I ate frog's legs when I was in London. I got a chance to eat at. Um, Oh, why do I always? But I, I ate at Gordon. I ate at Gordon Ramsay's restaurant in London, and um, onion soup with frogs' legs, so delicious. And I remember eating it, going, "If screaming at people and making them vomit from fear uh, makes them cook this well, then people need to be screamed at constantly because it I was amazing food." Yeah. Were the frog legs in the shape of frog legs? Yes. Oh. And, and they were amazing. How do you do it? Do you pick it up by the ankle and like what do you do? You how eat do you it do like it? like you eat a chicken wing. Oh. Like you eat a little um I don't know if I've ever wing. had frog legs. It's very delicious. But I have had escargot and I do like that very much. Yes. You're you're an escargot. I am not a fan. Um so those were the things. And then there were two desserts. 
One of which everyone, and I don't know, because we said, we asked the waitress, what are the things we should get while we're here? And so she named a bunch I mean, of things. I mean, that's the question you ask. When you go to a restaurant that you what are daunted we miss? by, yeah. it's like, that's their thing. They know what they have to offer. You tell right. them. You ask well, them, and they tell you. They know what they have to offer based on who they're serving. They know different tables. Like, this table is a bunch of... Uh, non-adventurous white people. Right, Let's give them, them this stuff. But you can tell them like, hey, we are adventurous. Give us what yeah, you got. Yeah, give me something crazy. And then you could be like, we're scared. Can you just <laughs> make this as painless as possible? But the one thing she didn't tell us to get, which every single review was like, if you go here, you have to get this. What was it? It's a dessert, a fried rice cake with brown sugar. I would have wanted that. supposed to be but in... But we didn't get dessert. We didn't get dessert because we ate a lot of food. And then there's another dessert called Cinderella's Pumpkin Rides. And they rides. are little rides, R-I-D-E-S, like it's the pumpkin. And oh, some, uh-huh. But they're just shaped like little hockey pucks, but sprinkled with sesame seeds, I think made out of pumpkin, and huh. they look delicious. However, why didn't she at least throw in, hey, get like an order of the fried rice cake, just so you can each taste one, because everyone there, everyone raves about this dessert, mm. and we didn't get it. I'm really hungry right now, and I, and I really <laughs> want to go back there right now for those dumplings. Anyway, I hate when people bring up something delicious and then I must have it. Oh, oh my God. I didn't even, this whole segment, I didn't consider your Munchurian candidate. I have such an issue and problem with being sparked by things. Oh, no. And then desiring them deeply. Oh, man. So you've been talking about those, that food, and now all I'm picturing is that food. And now I don't even know if I can focus on the rest of this podcast because all I want to do is eat a goddamn dumpling. We can stop at Century Dragon and we'll get you some steamed dumplings. They're great. Thank you, baby. And next, next time we're on, I'm going to talk all about uh, how g- much I love chili so that you'll want to go to Chili John's after this, which <laughs> is the greatest goddamn restaurant. And it's two minutes away from us. Okay. They have great chili dogs and chili mac. Yeah, that's not my really thing. That's not my thing. You, you say that till you get there. Okay, well, I'm up to try anything delicious. Tell me what you got. What are you serving at this restaurant? I'm <laughs> up for it. That's going to be my new motto. Manchurian candidate. Um, yeah, but again, we didn't follow. Although I hadn't read enough reviews of the place to know that it was that good, and it was that I should have gone. I should have gotten some big mouth ginger frogs just to say that I tried it. I should have done it. and I didn't do it, hmm. and I feel bad. Okay, well we'll we'll go again. There's always another. What, chance. what is the most exotic thing you've ever eaten? That you can remember, the most exotic, crazy thing you've ever eaten. I mean, uh, you know, I, I, escargot is kind of a strange thing for people. The first time I had it, I was actually— Well, it's weird for Americans. Right. The first yeah. time I had it, I tried it in France. It was like, you're in France, you have to try it. Right. And so I did, and I was like a little kid then, and I was like, mm-hmm. ew, that's gross. They're snails. Right. And then then there's a restaurant here in Los Angeles that's insane, and it's the best French restaurant ever. And mm-hmm. basically— uh, snails are just a a method of eating butter and garlic and bread because you can put <laughs> it's just a vehicle like lobster lobster yeah, is yeah, a vehicle yeah. for butter exactly and so is although i i would i would argue that lobster by itself is still succulent and delicious yes it is but it's also if you like butter <laughs> you're gonna if like, you like butter you're gonna love that lobster anything you can drown in butter it delivers it wonderfully <laughs> I there was used to be a place uh, in New York City down in the village called uh, Mulberry Creek, and it was Australian cuisine. And they had um, emu tartare, 
uh, as an appetizer, which mm. um, I did. I wasn't crazy about, but it felt very exotic in that you wouldn't look at an emu and go, oh, I'm going to eat that. I mean, really. And also the fact that it's tartar. Like, but honey, any animal, like whoever looks at the thing and realizes the use for it. Like you don't look like a, at a whale and be like, oh, it could be perfume. You don't look like a, at a horse and be like, hmm, could be glue. You don't, you know, you don't look at something and think that'll be delicious. Mm-hmm. I think it just happens. Yeah. Like accidentally, like, you know. Yeah. Maybe a pig fell into a fire pit and you're like, wow, that smells good. Okay. So the most exotic thing that you've had, well. You, I don't know. But you did you say that you ate the either alligator or crocodile when you were in Africa? Yes. You ate it? Yes. So you did try it? Yeah. Well, that's way more exotic than escargot. I suppose it is. I think emu tartare so far is the far end of my spectrum. I've had ostrich. Okay. You've had ostrich. Yeah. Well, ostrich burgers were everywhere for a while. That's true. They did have ostrich tacos at El Coyote also. They don't make those anymore. Now it's a buffalo or something like that. Oh, God damn. You know, a lot of vegan people are listening to this going, please stop. Please stop. <laughs> you guys are making me ill. <laughs> well, while you go uh, vomit in your hand-thrown pottery uh, vomit jars, uh, we will be right back. We are back and uh, what, Patton? <laughs> Quick announcement. We're going to do some speak pipes. Announcements, announcements, oh my announcements. God, I, I told you I was going to do it. Um, if you have an announcement, I'm happy to announce your announcement. Maybe this is good news. Maybe this is bad news. I don't know if, if, if everyone, if you haven't gotten tickets yet, um, John Hinckley's uh, country music show at the Market Hotel in Brooklyn on July 8th is sold out. Oh, so dear if you God. Were hoping to go see John Hinckley in concert. Oy. Um, you are out of luck. Uh, I hope none of you want to go tickets. see him in concert. That's, again, at the Market Hotel, July 8th in Brooklyn. Uh, John Hinckley sold out. Give murderers a platform <laughs> to do whatever they want. Boop-a-doop. Okay, let's do some uh, speak pipes. Hola, Meredith. Hola, Patton. And, oh, hello to Steve Agee. Uh, this is a little something that I, I just wanted to add to those two great episodes where you interviewed Steve. Uh, in the first episode, he was like, what's that What's that music magazine that Bob Guccione Jr. did, man, that Axl Rose wrote a song about it, you know, fight me, he wanted to punch him in the face. Turns out that Bob Guccione Jr., uh, who is the son of Bob Guccione, you know, the publisher of Penthouse Magazine, uh, was the, he founded the music magazine Spin. So that's the thing Steve was trying to think of. And, uh, you know, and obviously that's Axl Rose hated the guy. I guess Spin Magazine must have, like, written a really bad review uh, on Guns N' Roses, and he was just pissed off. Um, also, I wanted to say shout-out to Patton for nailing the whole Omni Magazine thing. Uh, I mean, I knew that Penthouse published it, but I had no idea that it started in 78, and, and it went to 1995 in print form. I had no idea it went that long. I was like, nah, man, it's 78 to, like, maybe like 84, 85, then it was gone. Uh-uh. It went from 78 to 1995 in print form, and then online until 1998. I was like, so people were listening to this online? I mean, this was a thing? Okay. So thank you for that, Patton. As always, encyclopedic knowledge, man. Love you, dude. 
Thank you so much. Thank you all. I, okay, I didn't know that Bob Guccione Jr. founded Spin. I guest edited an issue of Spin uh, about a decade ago. I did not know that he was involved. So there's my connection to Penthouse Magazine for you. Uh, and Omni Magazine, especially the the issues from the 70s, were great because they would do issues where they would try to envision what the future would look like. So this is how motorcycles will look in the future. Or this is how a rifle will look. And it's always just the most over-designed, futuristic-looking craziness. You know, things would get brighter and, and redder and bigger. And no, they were going to get smaller and sleeker. So, wow. Omni Magazine. I love when people call up and tell us information. Like the lady who called in about Starbucks and explained why Venti is called a Venti. Yes. I love it. It's, it's, it's a learning experience for us. Yes, and please always do that. D- despite thinking that I have an encyclopedic brain, there are massive holes of, uh, of, of deadness and misinformation in there. So please call in and straighten me the hell out. I'm happy to hear it. Thank you. All right, let's hear another one. Hello there, Meredith and Patton. This is Curtis, and I just wanted to let you know I love the show, and I never misses an episode. A couple of weeks ago there, I was listening, maybe about a month ago, and I heard you talking about how you love accents, eh? And I couldn't figure out if you guys would be able to understand where I'm from. Maybe nail it down to the town or the, the neighborhood or the street or whatever. <laughs> Either way, uh, let me know. Uh, I'll give you a clue. Uh, how about this? There's a famous actor from around here. There's not too many of them, but there is a famous actor from around here. Uh, another clue uh, be one word, umbrella. Uh, either way, love yous. Never misses an episode, like I said. Can't wait to see yous, or should I say hear yous next week there. All right, you have yourself a good one. Bye-bye. Love you. Aw, he loves us. Um, First, he sounds like a Muppet. I love that voice. I um, wonder if he's actually putting that voice on for us. Like, is he doing well, it extra, or is that, is that how he really speaks? I think he's amping up his normal accent. That is, um, It I'm, had a little Baltimore in it. A little Baltimore. A little a Philadelphia. tiny bit of Philly, but hang on. Famous actor and umbrella. Wow. Who that? You know what? It'll probably come to me later this week. I'm going to guess, and if you were asking, like, what neighborhood, maybe... Fells Point or Charles Street, uh, if if you're looking for a specific Baltimore area, but maybe you can call back and we will uh, give and, us the answer. Give us the answer. But I'll also I'll try to think of it this week. Famous actor, but right? Baltimore and Philly. That's what I got. That that's that's what it feels like to me. Well, somewhere in between there, honey. You do Baltimore. I hate it when you do it, but you could do a good one, right? Oh yeah, it's got that Baltimore accent. Oh, there, I hate hon. that. What what's what's wrong with it? How about li- listen? We'll go to Captain Harvey's. We will get some suds on like Monday or Tuesday. Go right. do that. Can't take it. All right. Well, I'm going to go have a soda pop. Okay. All right. Um, let's do one more. Hi, Pat and Meredith. This is Sarah from New Jersey, and I just love hearing your stories about Alice. She is the absolute cutest, and I was wondering if you would ever have her on the podcast and maybe ask her some questions and see what it's like to have celebrity parents. Um, so, yeah, thanks. Bye. Oh, man. Alice is the cutest thing in the world. I'm happy you asked about her, but I'll just tell you right now. The idea of asking what it's like to have celebrity parents, literally, she doesn't think of us that way. No. We annoy her so much. Yeah. <laughs> and also, like, I feel bad enough putting her picture sometimes on Instagram when we're doing stuff. I would not have her on this show. Like, wait, wait, wait. What was I, up I, with that? I, I want kids should have, like, time to just grow up outside of the spotlight. Absolutely. So. But that being said, Alice would love, she's already said she wants to do it. And also, mm, it's just chatting. And we chat with her. All, and, and also. So we'll just chat with her privately. 
Yeah, but she's. Don't funny. need to broadcast it. She's funny. When she's when she's eighteen and can make her own decisions. I'm sure we'll have her on before that. She's uh, hilarious, we will and she's also. Um, there was a time when you were out of town for a while. And we had ads to record, and you weren't here, and I did them with Alice, and she made it so much funnier. She's a great co-host. I might just have a show with her. <laughs> <laughs> the two of us would have the best time. All right. We love chatting about silly all things and putting right. on different accents and all those fun things. It would be so fun. Okay. I don't approve of it, but we'll see what I happens. I think you do. I think you approve. No, I actually don't. Yeah. All right. Um, well, those were some interesting speak pipes, and we have, one of them is a cliffhanger because we're going to find out in the coming weeks – where Chet was from. Was his name Chet? I don't know. Curtis. Oh, that's right, Curtis. His name was Curtis. But his it didn't was, sound like that name so was, much. No, his name was Curtis. Yeah. Um, oh, God, he didn't... Wait his a minute. His name was Curtis. It no, that wasn't. was so not his accent. Honey, um, I'm joking. Get it? Um, I was doing an English accent when he was clearly we'll from We'll find out where he's from. Okay, okay we got hey, some breaking news. Hang on. So we, we, we might think that perhaps that guy's accent might not be Baltimore, might not be Philly. It could be something else. Let's listen to it one more time. I want to listen one more time. Here we go. Let, yeah. I'm confused. I need, I need another yeah. listen. Hello there, Meredith and Patton. This is Curtis, and I just wanted to let you know I love the show, and I never miss an episode. A couple of weeks ago there, I was listening, maybe about a month ago, and I heard you talking about how you love accents, eh? And I couldn't figure out... If you guys would be able to understand where I'm from, maybe nail it down to the town or the, the neighborhood or the street or whatever. Either way, uh, let me know. Uh, I'll give you a clue. Uh, how about this? There's a famous actor from around here. There's not too many of them, but there is a famous actor from around okay, here. Okay, okay. So there's a clue. There's not too many famous actors from there. Well, so then it can't be Canada because a lot of famous actors right, come out it, of Canada. And, and Baltimore and Philly, I mean, I don't know, but... can't be Irish. Unless, okay, what if he's saying, when he says umbrella, he's refer referencing the penguin, and Colin Farrell is from Ireland, and he plays the penguin, so that's what he could be. But that is not, that doesn't sound like any Irish no. accent I have ever heard. I just want that guy to uh, come back he's and from tell a, us what yeah, it is. He needs to come back, because he really threw us. All right, anyway, we're going to work on that one, but that's interesting. I had to listen to it again. Perhaps it's from a European country. Anyway, <sighs> honey... Yes. You know what I'm excited to hear? What are you excited to hear? Your picks. Oh, let's do some picks. Now it's time for Did You Get Our Picks? Yeah, tell you what we like, what we really, really like. Yeah, tell me what you like, what you really, really like. <laughs> First off, movies. Um, this is going to be a weird pick. I'm going to pick some movies that I have not seen yet, but I'm going to see very soon that I'm very excited about. One uh, is Everything Everywhere All the Time. Oh, I can't wait. Just got an invite to go to a, a little screening this Thursday um, that is being hosted by Jamie Lee Curtis. So we're very excited about that. I've heard nothing but amazing things about this movie. I've had a lifelong crush on Michelle Yeoh. I cannot wait to see this insane movie made by the same guys who made Swiss Army Man. Uh, so can't wait to see this one. Going to see it this Thursday. And then Friday, I, well, maybe Friday, maybe not. I've, I've been given an invite um, to, for an IMAX screening of a three-hour and seven-minute, um, I believe it's Indian, a film called RRR, which uh, mean well, it stands for Rise, Roar, Revolt, and it is it's basically Indian historical fiction. It looks the trailer looks like Gandhi meets John Wick. It looks insane, and none other than Brian Taylor, the guy who did the Crank films and Happy, uh, texted me and said. 
Run, don't walk, and go see RRR. Ooh, that I like just a good, that's a good recommendation. Yes. So I'm going to see if I can get a bunch of my friends into this IMAX screening. By the way, I've also been told to try to go see uh, everything, everywhere, all at, at once in IMAX, but uh, it, it is no longer playing in IMAX in L.A. as I speak. So screw it. I'll just go to the um, screening this Thursday. We wanted to see that film when we were at South by Southwest. Couldn't we screening see there, anything. But we were working and couldn't get a chance to go see it, but we're very excited about it. Couldn't see that. Couldn't see The Unbearable Wayne of Massive Talent. Oh, yeah, with Nicolas couldn't Cage. Couldn't see, see that. X by Ty West. Oh, yeah. Um, so many movies I wanted There's to so see. so many good, interesting movies. <sighs> anyway, so those, I am picking movies that I haven't seen yet to partially brag that I'm going to get to have private screenings of them, but also um, to have you seek them out uh, as well. Honey, so. you posted something about a movie the other day that you said, hey, Criterion, you need oh. to play this. What was that movie? Um, the day that we're recording this, Tuesday, April 12th, this evening, late at night, Turner Classic Movies is going to be screening a 1973 film called The Seven Ups, uh, starring Roy Scheider. Um, and it was it's directed by the guy who produced Bullet and the French Connection. This was the only time he ever directed a film, and it is a gritty New York crime drama, total follow-up to The French Connection in that it has Roy Scheider basically playing kind of a fascist cop, um, based on a real cop, by the way, based on a guy um, who in real life busted Lenny Bruce and um, was was this legendary cop, has one of the most brutal chase scenes ever in a film uh, by the legendary, uh, designed by the legendary stunt driver Bill Hickman, who drove the Charger in Bullet and drove the, the car in the French Connection for the very famous, infamous chase scene that William Friedkin and them got no permits for, did no planning for, just went out and started driving crazy under the L trains and almost killed a bunch of people. Oh, damn. And the same thing happened in the 7-Ups. No permits, no nothing. They just went out and shot it, and there's a scene where they almost run over some kids. But you said that this is a movie that you can't see anywhere. Like- it's not streaming anywhere. And someone, some concerned was like, uh, excuse me, and it was a link to a BitTorrent site. I'm like, no, that doesn't count. I mean a streaming service like Criterion, Paramount, Hulu. It's nowhere. It, the only time I've ever seen it, and it used to be on TV all the time, like on a Sunday afternoon. Now um, it's TCM will, will rarely run it. It's not on DVD anywhere. You can't get it on iTunes. So is there a way, you know, like in the old days, if you were listening to the radio, in the 70s or whatever, early mm-hmm. 80s, and your favorite song was coming on, and so you had your tape recorder ready by the radio <laughs> so that you could record the song. Like, you'd sit by the radio waiting I mean, and waiting. DVR this, it, yeah. Can you... You can DVR it, but oh, I mean... let's do that, because I'd like to see it. I'm Well, I'm DVRing it tonight. Oh, well, thanks. But, but I would love a gorgeous Blu-ray print of this with all kinds of extra goodies and commentary by people that were like... Oh, yeah, we probably should have been arrested for this scene. I was recently asked to do a DVR, DVD commentary on a movie I did. but Which one? Dream a Little Dream. Oh, you should do that. I didn't do it. Oh, that would have been great. Yeah. Do it. I, no, it's, it, no, they just did it, and the Blu-ray just came out. And they Who did... does commentary on it? Other people. Other people. Because you know how like DVD commentary is like what was happening? Oh, during this scene... Uh, yeah. This was going on behind the scenes. I'm gonna be like, during this scene, he annoyed me about this, and I got mad about that. Oh, you should. To- <laughs> there are great. Look, there are some great 
DVD commentaries that have become just as popular as the films themselves, uh, one of which is the one for the Limey, where Steven Soderbergh and the writer Lem Dobbs basically have an argument where Lem is like, you screwed up my script. And Steve's like, oh, no, I saved your script, dude. Oh, my God. It wasn't that good. Oh, damn. And, and it, it gets really heated. It's yeah, pretty amazing. Like, this is the scene where I had been up for 17 hours, and the, <laughs> and the production came up to me and handed me a pill. And my mom was like, what the hell is that? And they're like... It's a diet pill so that she can, you know, like keep her awake. And my mom's like, she's fine. She'll have a cup of hot chocolate. You don't need to give her a pill. <laughs> like pushing drugs on, anyway. See, that would have made it amazing. Well, this podcast that can be, am- now this podcast amazing. Can be amazing. And I, a- and I don't have to be on record on the actual DVD side oh. of things. Well, anyway, um, yes, the 7-Ups, uh, the well, if you're hearing this, it's already aired. Ben Stiller uh, was tweeting at me going, that is one of my all-time favorite New York films. It is a, it's an accidental documentary about how absolutely god-awful New York was during a certain period of time. You, you, When you watch the movie, you feel like you need a tetanus shot after. I it is so it. grimy. I can't wait. And then there's another movie that came out in 1980 called Night of the Juggler with um, James Brolin that is also just, this is the most disgust. I can't believe people ever lived in New York. This is so disgusting. Wow. And it's one of um, one of Manny Patinkin's earliest films. Oh, he plays I love a, Manny plays a motormouth cab driver. So Wow, I want to see that. Wait, what's that one called? Night of the Juggler. Can one of the that? sleaziest. Yeah, they just showed it at the New Beverly last month at midnight. I'm sure TCM will, will eventually show it. Okay. And oh, God. Okay. Okay, so that's what, and we'll watch um, we'll, we'll watch the Seven Ups later this week, and we'll get your your take on it. Books, um, a reprint of a book that came out in 1971. A lot of early 70s stuff today. Everything we do, baby, is early 70s. We are obsessed, <sighs> and we both love it. And I love that you love it because I love it. Well, this is a, a great book called "The Late Great Creature" by a writer named Brock Brower, and it is basically. Uh, weirdly parallel to Bogdanovich's first film, Targets, which is about a Boris Karloff-type horror actor from the 30s and 40s who is dealing with having to transition into the way that film and society is now in the early 70s, where the stuff where when he was doing movie, the the horror that he did now actually seems kind of innocent and lost compared to what they're dealing with now. And it's a beautiful book that was lost for a long time, one of James Elroy's favorites. Um, it's fantastic. The Late Great Creature. Highly recommended. Beautiful book by Brock Brower. Um, comics. In June, I just got to read a, a preview of it. New graphic novel by my friend Jerry Duggan. Jerry Duggan. He's the man. He is the man. He uh, has a, a graphic novel coming out called The Dark Room, and I don't want to give you too many details, but this is a kitchen sink psycho freak out of a narrative um, art by the amazing um, Scott uh, Buon Cristiano and Tamara Bonvillan, uh, Jerry Duggan writing. It is fantastic um, from Image Comics, The Dark Room, big, thick graphic novel. They're not even doing single issues. He just wrote this big story, and they did it as a graphic novel. Awesome. It's coming out in June. Wow. TV, I don't have anything new to tell you, but... But um, Severance. God, we saw the that's finale. what I was going to say. The Severance season finale. I you wrote guys, that down. You guys. 
I I, I, I don't I don't know where to start. It was we were on the edge of our seats. I I was gripping. I I, I didn't have a moment to breathe. No, I felt like first of all, it's a regular episode. I felt like yeah. it went by in three seconds. Someone else said that on Twitter. It feels like it's ten minutes long, it but it's a so, regular length episode. Yeah, it feels so short, and you're <sighs> just on the edge of your seat, and you're just going, "Oh my god! Oh my god! Oh my no!" And yeah. you just cannot settle down. It was so well directed. It was so well acted. Oh man. The art direction of that show deserves every award. The directing, Ben Stiller, my God, are you a fantastic director all, or what? All I know is, and this is a compliment, this is a positive review, I'm saying this positively, but when the episode ended, when it cuts off, Meredith, well, yelled, fuck you! Because it ended, it, I'm like, fuck you! Yeah. Don't end so it, don't end it! <laughs> but but it but it but that was a that was a respect fuck you like please don't end this now right now like, don't make me wait you? another no, no, year no don't end it now yeah. I was like I need this to be three hours long please the the entire cast is I, there's not a weak link in that group it's no. ridiculous how good they Adam are Adam Scott fantastic John Turturro is so heartbreakingly beautiful oh. in this heartbreaking with very little dialogue in this final episode this is the episode that I think is will get him. His Emmy nomination, and he—I don't think he speaks more than. Well, does he speak? I don't think he speaks at all. Maybe. I don't think he speaks in this episode. Yeah, perhaps he doesn't. But, and he's amazing. So good. Um. So yeah, Severance. If you haven't, if you haven't watched Severance, I'm very jealous. And this actress, Britt Lauer, or oh, Lower? Uh, Lauer. Oh, Lauer, like flower. Yeah. Um. She is so. Beautiful. She's got this like Kate Blanchett kind of. Yes. I don't want to say masculinity. It's not a masculine. It's like a a powerful. She's so gorgeous. Yes. But there's like a very oh she's just stunning to look at and she's such a good actress and she's so subtle and I'd never heard of her before and I'm obsessed with her. And now. there's also an actor named uh, Trammell Tillman. Oh, he's who amazing. Who is apparently the king of Broadway and he I guess he deigned to do a TV show and he is so fantastic in this and he's the scariest thing on the show because he wants to he just wants to help you he just wants you to be the you you to be the best you and he is terrifying and he's so good and he's be, and he's also like got a beautiful face and like yes. he's also oh he's captivating he looks like the friendliest most helpful handsome person but after a while you you, you like you you tense up when he shows up on screen he's because he's the bad guy Yes, sort but of. he's the bad guy that's so friendly yeah. and so – oh, God, is he anyway, good. Anyway, bottom line, it's so freaking good. You must go watch this. And, yeah. Anyway, it's amazing. And then finally, music, new music. Thank you again. My good friend Blaine Capatch always points me towards new music, and he did uh, this week. He uh, pointed me toward a group called Night Beats, their 2013 album Sonic Bloom. It's the best album that you never heard from 1962. Echoey, trebly, great, gritty garage rock. I absolutely love it. Um, maybe we'll play a sample from the first track. Uh, Night Beats. I've already I've I've listened to it like three times in a loop. It's fantastic. If you guys are doing laundry or driving, <laughs> no. If you're driving and you drive by a delicious Chinese restaurant, go get a dumpling because that's what we are about to We're do. We're about to go get a dumpling, and uh, we will be back next Tuesday to have a lovely chat with you all. See you then, guys. Bye. 
This podcast is a production of Meredith Salinger and Patton Oswalt. In association with Starburns Audio. Executive producers are Cliff Dorfman and Jason Smith. And if you have questions for us, send them to... Hey, did you get my text? At gmail.com. And don't forget, subscribe to this podcast. It's free and it helps us get to keep making the show. Starburns Audio, a podcast. <clears throat> a podcast network.